And again, there's just so many benefits to trying to find the beauty and everything because it practices all those, those, your authenticity muscles and your intuition muscles, you know, and, um, and your PMA muscles. So... creative souls you're listening to episode 49 of never wear boring socks which is a podcast that is sometimes but not always about socks i'm maria ramsey and i'm anna barnard and maria i would really like to tell you about my beautiful socks today i would love to hear about your beautiful socks today (laughs) yay so (laughs) my socks i had to be kind of strategic about my sock choice today because usually we record episodes in the morning so I'm like okay I'll just pick my socks out but we're recording the afternoon today so I had to decide this more I had to have some foresight with my sock Mm. choices um so I picked a pair of knee-high socks they're smart wool which is lovely it's been really really cold here it's been like 15 degrees the last few days it's too early for that yeah it's finally like 40 degrees today which is balmy in comparison (laughs) to what it has been um but i'm wearing my warm knee-high socks they are kind of earth tones kind of like gray black brownish colors um they have a lot of different kind of designs on them but they have some nice flowers on them and I think I chose them one they went with my outfit pretty well so that's always a plus mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been really cold out they feel really snuggly around my legs because they're knee highs <laughs> but I like how snuggly they also around your legs. yes I like how they also have some flowers on them so it's not just like snow and cold so yes, that was my like my long-winded explanation for you. Nice. What about your socks today, Maria? Well, that's interesting that you said something about you know having to pick out your socks in advance today because we're recording in the afternoon. I normally have already been to work or an appointment or something and back by the time we're recording in the morning. So that's as interesting that you brought that up because I usually pick my socks out to go with my outfit. Mm. And today they are blue and purple and pink, which went with my outfit because I was wearing purple and blue. And I believe you gave them to me. They have sort of a geometric design on them. And I've had them for several years now, so they're starting to get some holes in the (laughs) uh, heel area. (laughs) But I still really like them. And... I'm just thinking right now about how that kind of applies to my life. They're fun. They're like a really fun pattern, but a little worn out, which is kind of how I'm feeling. I'm doing lots of fun things right now. I went to a wedding this past weekend. I'm going on a vacation this coming weekend. And I'm super excited and I'm having fun, but I'm tired. So... My socks are matching my life in that way. Nice. I, I like that when you can really like metaphorically line up your socks. Right. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Very nice. 
So speaking of your beautiful socks, Anna, and my beautiful socks as well that you picked out, why do you think beauty is worth talking about? Because that's what we're talking about today. That's the whole topic of our episode. Why is beauty not a superficial thing that we should neglect? Yeah. Uh, let me just answer that for you really quick. Um, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a big question. Yeah, just really quick. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, um, I think this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, especially because there, I think there's a lot of definitions of beauty. And I think right now, a lot of standard definitions of beauty have to do with like the beauty industry or whatever, you know? So there's like very commercialized um, definitions of beauty. Um, but then there's also the beauty um, that's not, that doesn't have to do with our bodies or things like that. Um, which I think is not that it's, unimportant to celebrate how beautiful our bodies are because it totally is but I think that can be really individual and personal for each person how they want to do that um not that it's not worth talking about I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit today um but also the beauty of things that are not related to us as humans in a like a direct physical way with our bodies so beauty of art or beauty of nature and things like that or beauty not even as a visual thing um and i think well i think it's really interesting and you've really made me think about this more because you've brought up this idea of beauty as a value um like you've mentioned it's one of your top values we talked about that in our values episode recently um and so not just saying like oh that's pretty but like beauty is different than just outward attraction or something that looks nice i guess i don't know i don't know if i'm making sense i don't know if i have mm -hmm. like a a big concrete point to sum this up but i think it's definitely worth talking about because it isn't because there are so many definitions i think we need to really get into that and be more critical about how we use this term because I think it can be used in a lot of different ways for really good purposes and a lot of us aren't using it for those things yet at least yeah I think it has a lot to do with language mm -hmm. which is a theme that we keep coming back yeah. to in almost every episode because I think you're right a lot of times the word beauty conjures up images of the beauty industry mm -hmm. or I, mean, I know we've talked about before beauty being conflated with glamour, which is something that John O'Donohue talks about, mm -hmm. who wrote a book called Beauty. And I think that sometimes we can get those things confused and there, I mean, there's some overlap, I think. I think people who are glamorous, who look really beautiful, I mean, I just said beautiful right there. I didn't even mean to. People who look really glamorous are also often beautiful to our eyes, you know? But I think glamour is also about having money and status and sex appeal and getting attention. And it's not just about the more like inner beauty or transcendent beauty or beauty that we can experience through our other senses like you were talking about and then I also like that you pointed out that it doesn't have to be visual 
Because I think sometimes often we also confuse beauty with prettiness. And I also think there's definitely some overlap there. And sometimes they're interchangeable. But I think pretty has more of a connotation of just being something that's nice to look at. Whereas beauty, I think, is something that can go much deeper. I think it's something that can enhance our quality of life in a way because in addition to just looking nice to our eyes, it can allow us to access our emotions in a really powerful way. At least that's what it does for me and to get in touch with our spirituality because it does have this kind of transcendent quality when we're experiencing something really beautiful. So I think in that way, it affects our well-being. Yeah, yeah. That transcendent beauty is, I think, what we're really going to be talking the most about today. That's the kind of thing that we want to get in touch with more. And I think that idea of language being so difficult is really... Yeah, that's just really important. It's making me think of how sometimes when someone tells you you're beautiful, um, people don't always see that as a compliment, you know? And some people think it's oh, it's like a focus on their outward appearance um, mm. at the kind of at the risk of their inward appearance almost. And I think if we can kind of refocus ourselves on that transcendental beauty and use beautiful as a compliment that that focuses on that rather than just outward beauty i think we can kind of redefine that sort of conversation and that language that we use but i don't know how we're going to do it without explaining ourselves all the time either you know like yeah beautiful because x y and z you know which right. which sometimes it's nice to do and sometimes we don't want to have to do that um right and so i think this is a good conversation to kind of start start that that new way of thinking yeah. about it. And this is making me think of too. I took this class when I was in college that was about poetry and philosophy and kind of the intersection mm. between those things and we talked a lot about the beautiful versus the sublime, okay. which is a thing that a lot of philosophers talked about for a while. I should have looked this up before we started talking about this because it's a really interesting topic and I don't remember it super clearly but there was a lot of talking about how kind of what we're we're just talking about like there's beautiful things to look at like things that are pretty versus like sublime things that make you feel this sense of awe and connectedness to the world around you and to some higher power and this kind of transcendent quality that we're talking about. And I, my memory of that, this could be incorrect, but my memory of that was that they were using the word beautiful as the more superficial version and sublime was the less superficial version. So like even within that, I think we can see that it, yeah, it just depends on what words we choose to use in certain right. moments. Yeah, no, it, exactly. It just depends on who we're talking to and in what context and what they know about our definitions for things and what they don't know. And I I think it gets really tricky, but I don't think that it's makes it not worth trying to be more careful about. Mm -hmm. I think it makes it all all the more worthwhile. Yeah. I agree. I think it's just useful to keep in mind that somebody might have a different definition of something yeah. than you do. And it doesn't mean they're wrong, 
Because a lot of words do have multiple definitions and lots of different connotations depending on the context. Right. Yeah, and I think so. I think that means too that beauty doesn't have to be one thing either. There might be yes, certain I agree. certain definitions of beauty that are gonna help us in situation certain situations more than in others. Um, but yeah, I think that's what's really cool about beauty too is that it can be so many different things and be manifest in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Yeah. And I think that the beauty that we're talking about today is, like you said, going to be more of the transcendent, less superficial definition of beauty, even though it can also mean something that's nice to look at or things that you put on your face to make your eyelashes darker or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is also making me think of... um. I had to write an essay recently for my feminist theology class on the nature of the divine. Just like a little, mm, little something to write about. <laughs> um, but like I wrote about how the divine kind of manifests itself through people. And because of that, it can be expressed in an infinite number of ways. And I think that's speaking to the idea of if there's beauty in all of us, that means beauty can be so many different things you know and so i think that's a really exciting definition because i think a lot of times we think about like beauty standards or whatever which is kind Mm -hmm. of an oxymoron in a way if when we're thinking about beauty this way as this thing that can always be something else you know can be an infinite number of things so i don't know that's making me think of beauty in a new way too yeah i like that And the other thing that this makes me think of, too, is I think a lot of beauty does have to do with appearances. And I think it's uh, good to remember that appearances do make an impact on how we experience the world, but it's not the whole picture. I think that having something that's visually beautiful or, like, pleasing to our senses can enhance our experience of something, but I don't think that it replaces substance i think the substance has to be there in the first place in order for us to have a meaningful experience with the beauty right yeah and i think i think i think beauty is always interacting with other things too like maybe you're you're seeing this visually beautiful thing but then you're experiencing a beautiful experience at the same time so then that's enhanced for you in a certain way or whatever or that beauty is interacting with a sensation that you're feeling or an emotion that you're feeling and therefore it impacts how you perceive that beauty. And so I think Mm. it can always be kind of enhanced in other ways too. And, and beauty is something that I think maybe can be layered on. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that you put that. So since beauty is one of my core values and I know it's important to you also, That's definitely something that I try to cultivate in my life purposefully. So I think there are a few different ways that we can do that. Is there anything that comes to mind for you, Anna, when we're thinking about how we can cultivate beauty in our lives? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, Especially when I'm (laughs) right now, I'm even just trying to retrain my mind to be like, we're not just thinking about visual things, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> immediately my mind goes to like surround your spaces with beautiful things, which is going off of 
our episode from last week about decorating spaces, right. um, which I think is really important. And that's definitely part yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best things you can do is surround yourself with beautiful people. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. And try to have experiences where you're recognizing each other's beauty and the beauty around you and i think beauty is most appreciated when you're sharing it so i think that is a good way to do it um i'm trying to think what else i mean yeah and beautiful people i'm assuming you mean like beautiful beings yes again we need to qualify this yeah yeah be friends with supermodels right yes (laughs) all my friends are models i take (laughs) nothing less no that would be terrible (laughs) that would be terrible i'm being sarcastic um that's not what we're promoting yeah not not that i mean maybe there's probably great models out there who i could be friends with but i do not hold my friends to um a model standard at all so i just wanted to Good, good. Just wanted to make sure we're on the we're on the right page there, <laughs> um, but no, I mean like like inward beauty and I right. think that's that's one of the that's what I yeah figured. I think that's one of the best ways to experience beauty too is or to like really get in touch with that transcendental beauty is to recognize the beauty in others and kind of be like oh like there it is you know like it's right now it's coming through mm-hmm. and that can be really exciting, um, I guess that's what comes to mind for me first yeah yeah. Well, I think what you're saying about just noticing it and acknowledging it when you're in yeah. the presence of beauty, I think is really important because I think that's, to me, that's like the most important thing in terms of cultivating beauty because I think it's all around us all the time. Yeah, That's like truly how I look at the world. That's really a defining feature of my worldview, which I'm realizing more and more lately And I think that, like, all we have to do is notice it. Right. And And be with it. I think that goes back to our our first ever episode topic, which is PMA. You know? So true. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. We haven't talked about PMA in a Um, while. Yeah, and so, yeah, if you're looking for it, then you're going to find it. And so maybe it's just about being better at looking for it. And I think that entails some sense of positivity and and confidence and trust that there is beauty in the world. And that is increasingly difficult in the world that we're living in, which I think is, Mm -hmm. I think that's why we need it the most. You know, I think the more we can look for that beauty that is truly everywhere, um, the more it will help us get back in touch with who we really are as human beings and what our values are. Yeah. And how we want to treat other people. Yeah. And I think also this is a way of cultivating a positive mindset or a positive mental attitude PMA in a way that's not, it doesn't feel artificial. Yeah. You're not like slapping a happy mantra over your negative emotions. Yeah. Because like, we've been talking about beauty is always there. Sometimes we are not aware of it. Sometimes it's hidden. So I think that just looking for it and kind of allowing ourselves to uncover it is a really authentic way of cultivating positivity. Mm, Yeah. I really like how you pointed that out. Yeah. It's like a double practice. It's practice in 
in finding beauty, but it's practice and PMA too. It's kind of a a win-win situation. Yeah. 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 Well, I like that you connected it to PMA because I wasn't even really thinking about that. But I think that is one of the ways that I practice PMA the most in my life is by noticing beauty and not just in my senses, but in situations around me. Like sometimes when something is happening that I'm frustrated with that didn't go the way I planned it to, if I can get to a place where I can see the beauty in it, even if it's not what I wanted, then I can have such a more like healthy and positive relationship to it. Yeah. And this is making me think of, you know, in math, when they talk about having an elegant proof, where you're supposed mm. to like prove something neatly. And it's not like, I don't know, for me, I don't like math. I don't think it's fun or very interesting, but I can appreciate the elegantness, the elegance of the proof. Yeah. So even if the situation is not what I want, if I can appreciate kind of how it like fits together beautifully or is teaching me something in a really beautiful way. I don't know why I started talking about math, but it just popped <laughs> into my head. <laughs> when we when we talk about math on this podcast, we get we get really concerned. We're like we're like <laughs> where where are we going with this? Who are what we? have we turned into? <laughs> not math people (laughs) okay this this is actually making me (laughs) to bring it back um I I feel like this is making me think of just like all the things that are wrapped up in this conversation so on one hand we were talking about PMA and you mentioned authenticity which I think is also a really important thing to discuss within beauty which I think also connects to the topic of intuition and these are all things that we've talked Mm -hmm. about on the podcast And I think why this is a really cool thing to realize and to talk about is that authenticity, we talk about it all the time. We want to be authentic people and things like that. Um, But it's a buzzword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's a good buzzword. Um, But we also don't really have that many concrete tools to use to be authentic. And I think that's because authenticity to everyone is so different. But I think this is one of those practices where you it's something you can do to get in touch with authenticity. And I think another way you do that is is to use your intuition. I think finding beauty has to do with your intuition, you know, and I think all those things mm-hmm. kind of connect with each other. And again, there's just so many benefits to trying to find the beauty and everything because it practices all those those your authenticity muscles and your intuition muscles, you know, and um and your PMA muscles so I'm just <laughs> all those yeah I'm muscles. just looking at this as like a great mental workout in a way yeah you know? um which I never thought about before yeah I hadn't really thought about that either I think you were talking about intuition I think that we're all naturally drawn to beauty mm. so I think that like you said, that can be a good way to kind of exercise our intuition because it's not, you know, it's something that comes naturally to us and it's not like super high stakes. It's not like follow your intuition to find the perfect career path or to find the perfect person. You know, it's just like a little, 
what do you find beautiful yeah. that you find like draws you in so I really like mm-hmm. that for sure as a tool and I also think another way that we can cultivate beauty which is particularly relevant to us as creative people as artists is that we can make it mm-hmm. and that's one of my main goals as an artist, whenever I'm working on one of my creative crafts, I want to make something beautiful because I want to add to the beauty in the world and have some beauty that I can notice, some additional beauty that I can notice and appreciate. And I don't think that this is something I want to talk about today, about whether art needs to be beautiful. Because, well, one, I think a lot of it is a personal preference based on what you find beautiful and again what is authentically beautiful to you as the creator and as the consumer of that piece of art but also I think there are some things that maybe we can appreciate as art without finding them beautiful I don't know if there's anything that like nobody would find beautiful but there's probably some things that are less aesthetically pleasing sure yeah. Yeah, this is a tough question, definitely. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think the concept of people walking into an art museum and someone going, that piece of art is beautiful, and someone else saying, no, it's not, is so, that's so fascinating to me, how we have yeah. such different um, kind of measurements for beauty just within us. Like you said, we naturally look for beauty, but that beauty is different to everyone. But I think yeah. we all understand kind of what beauty is for ourselves, at least, to an extent. Um, so, yeah, like that question of should art always be beautiful is so tricky because of that. Because maybe the artist will create something they think is beautiful, but a lot of people don't think is beautiful. Or maybe the artist will try to deliberately create something that isn't beautiful to elicit some sort of reaction. And then right. is it still art? And I think it is. I mean, mm-hmm. if the artist's intent is to make art, I think it's art. You know? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe that's... I I would like to hear what someone has to say in response to that because mm-hmm. I don't have... I, I'm not, I'm not going to stake my life on that one. Um, but yeah, I think... I don't know. It, it, and... Like, what does define art? Does it have to be put up in a museum? I don't necessarily think so. But then how else do we know what is art, you know? And there's so many different types of art. I don't know. Yeah. It just... And yeah. also the the types of art that are not visual whatsoever. You know, how are how are those beautiful? Where is the beauty in those? So I can tell you what my response is anyways, just from one other person. So I... I would agree with you. I don't think that art does have to be beautiful to be defined as art. I think for myself personally, that's part of my, like what I would call my artist statement is that my art is beautiful. And that's one of my intentions with it. But I don't think that if that wasn't part of my intention, that it wouldn't be art. And I don't think that my art is necessarily better than somebody who makes art that's not beautiful. It means that I prefer art that is beautiful, personally. But I can also see the value in art that's not, to me. Sure, yeah. 
that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, there's difference. There's a difference between making a judgment call on, oh, I like this better, rather than, oh, that art is fundamentally superior to this art. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because I think it is, at least to some extent, I think it's just a matter of personal preference. And I think there are probably a lot of philosophers and thinkers who have very strong opinions about this. Yeah. And artists probably too who have opinions about what constitutes art and where beauty plays into it. But that's my personal understanding. Sure. That's helpful. Yeah. And I also think that this is related to the topic of or the question of does beauty have to be a pleasant thing? Because I think that's normally how we think of it. Like, beauty is something that is pleasing to the senses. And I think, to some extent, that is true. But I also think that it's true that we can find beauty in things that are not pleasant. Like, we can find beauty in difficult situations and in unpleasant emotions and the reason that this reminds me that I was thinking of this after we just were talking about art and beauty is I think there are a lot of really beautiful representations in art of not beautiful things okay like books about wars that are just like gorgeously written sure in such a beautifully tragic way yes and art on really deeply difficult subjects but it is beautiful at the same time yeah that's a really fascinating question and i think one that we need to be careful with to a degree but i think it's i'm really glad you pointed it out um i i do have to say that when you said can beauty be unpleasant the words unpleasant beauty (laughs) really there's some cognitive dissonance going on there for me um and not in the way that I think just in the way that I've been conditioned to think about beauty, not that it necessarily mm-hmm. is yes for a fact separate from unpleasantness. I don't I I see the value in what you are saying for sure. I think sometimes beauty is the way we can make sense of terrible things. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um but I also it's it's a fine line between finding beauty in unpleasant experience and and like glorifying suffering yes yeah yeah which i don't think you were trying to imply at all like i think yeah um so this is really tricky but i like yeah i think i don't know like like the diary of anne frank is a beautiful Mm -hmm. piece of work you know i think but Mm -hmm. it's so it's tragic yeah and so And Shakespeare plays about horrible tragedies are beautiful, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to be critical about what parts of it are beautiful. Because maybe the style is beautiful, but the content really isn't. Or maybe Shakespeare's language is beautiful, but there's a lot of misogyny in some of his plays, you know? And that's really not beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. um, or, or maybe it is about the content. Maybe the again this is where the the glorification of suffering really comes in but maybe it's the hope that someone found in a difficult situation is beautiful 
but again that's a really really right. fine line to walk yeah but i think i think for people who have the privilege to find beauty in their difficult situations is a good attitude to have but some of us don't have that privilege you know does that make sense yeah and that makes a lot of sense. I'm okay. really glad you said that because I think that is a really important okay. piece of this yeah. question. And I really like what you said about beauty helping us to make sense of these mm-hmm. things because I think that's like kind of, I don't know, maybe the key yeah. piece of how this fits together because I think that's so true. Like you, there is a fine line between finding beauty in tragedy and glorifying it and like definitely I don't want to promote glorifying tragedy and suffering and yeah I think that my my understanding of how beauty can show up in these representations of difficult topics is that they it is a way of making sense of something of presenting it to us in a way that we can process that like sits with our emotions in a powerful way yeah. and makes, I think it can even make an impact on us. Like because it was such a beautiful piece of work, it has such a profound impact on it, on us. And that makes us think differently about the world. Yeah. And I think that's really amazing. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think sometimes beauty is the only way we can make sense of terrible things mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um and maybe I think sometimes when really tragic things happen, we can find ourselves losing faith in humanity and um really kind of like disconnecting from the world around us. And the thing is like the world around us is where we find that beauty. So I think maybe recognizing, well, these awful things happened, but maybe beauty happened in response to it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is important to try to find those glimmers of hope and beauty in order to heal from those things. You know, maybe in the aftermath, yeah. we use beauty especially. Yeah. In that in that process of, of making sense of things. Yeah. 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 And I really like how you said beauty as a response mm-hmm. to those things, because I think... Sometimes that's exactly what we need, yeah. like you said, to heal from something really tragic. And I agree, sometimes it does feel like the only way. And again, it doesn't have to be visual beauty, but finding beauty in something, in the way that the people around you are. Yeah. One thing of like yeah. all all like the art memorials of things, like that was that artist's way of making sense of a tragic situation you know i mean right it's just there's so much evidence for the fact that we use beauty to to mourn but to also heal yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i do yeah this is just making me think about how beauty is such a powerful mm-hmm. experience and even even like cemeteries yeah you know people have these really beautiful yeah. headstones which it's not glorifying the person's death. It's honoring them and like making this beautiful place that you can go to remember them. And that's your response. Yeah. 
or having like a beautiful funeral or celebration of life for someone. Right. Yeah. Right. Where the beauty isn't a visual thing, but it's in that celebration or memorial. Yeah. yeah. And the visual could be part of that, too. Exactly. Yeah. Could be really beautiful words and meaning, plus also visually beautiful because that can help us to process the experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing that I just want to talk about in relation to beauty is I think that it can really help us, it can help bring us closer to other people when we experience and create beauty together. And I think we're both probably particularly familiar with this as musicians yeah. who've done a lot of ensemble work because this is something that's very collaborative and you're coming together with all these different pieces or all these different people working on all their different parts that like come together to and your whole goal a lot of the time again this goes back to like is all art beautiful is all music beautiful that's a good question but a lot of the time anyway your goal is to create something beautiful together yeah and i just think that's such a powerful experience yeah well and again going back to that idea of beauty is kind of a natural instinct or sense that we something that we that we perceive it might not be the same for everyone but everyone can can sense beauty and so when you share that with someone else that's just such a uniting thing yeah i i just think of the situations you know where someone has a a person or i have agreed with someone on the beauty of something else and that can just be so you also it's something it's something that's greater than yourself you know so you're sharing yes. it with someone else but it's greater than you and i think it's just is gives you a lot of perspective but it gives you a lot of joy too mhm and i think you can share beauty with people that you don't know yeah. or even necessarily have very much in common with because oh, again yeah. there's a lot of personal preference that goes into this what we each find beautiful but you can like We've talked about this a little bit before. You can be next to somebody at a concert who you've never seen before, never talked to before. Maybe you have, like, nothing else in common besides the fact that you both decided to come to this concert. But you're experiencing this really beautiful music together. And you can talk to them afterwards. And you have, like, this, I don't know, you're both feeling such powerful feelings. And you create this connection that probably doesn't extend into a friendship but i think that the effects of that do extend into your lives in your communities yeah for sure so this week creative souls we would love to hear something that was beautiful about your day today or something about your week. And it can be something that you saw, something that you just noticed, like maybe you walked past a really beautiful tree or maybe you're wearing beautiful socks or anything else or any other thoughts about beauty. You can tag us or message us online. We're on Instagram at Never Wear Boring Socks and Facebook at Never Wear Boring Socks. And we're also on Twitter at No Boring Socks. Or you could send us an email at neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. Maria, do you have a quote for us this week? I do. I found one from John O'Donohue, who I've mentioned before, and I'm pretty sure I've shared a quote by him before because 
I just really like what he has to say about beauty and other things also, but he has a lot of good things about beauty. And I liked this one that he says. What you encounter, recognize, or discover depends to a large degree on the quality of your approach. Many of the ancient cultures practiced careful rituals of approach. An encounter of depth and spirit was preceded by careful preparation. When we approach with reverence, great things decide to approach us. Our real life comes to the surface, and its light awakens the concealed beauty in things. When we walk on the earth with reverence, beauty will decide to trust us. And I just love the way that he put that about how it's about the approach. And that kind of goes back to the idea of what, that we were talking about, about how beauty is always around us, but we just have to notice it. And I think it is in how we approach things. And I like that he said it's about reverence, yeah. too, because that goes back to the whole transcendent quality of beauty and why I think that beauty is such a such an important thing in my life. Like, again, one of my core values and something that really connects me deeply to my spirituality is because it it does have a lot to do with reverence and how we're approaching things. Yeah, and I think that focus on reverence almost speaks to a kind of worship, too. And I think a lot of things mm-hmm. that we do worship, we think of as beautiful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that. Thank you so much for listening to Never Wear Boring Socks this week. We hope you liked what you heard. And if you did, please leave us a review or share the episode with a friend. Next week, we have a very special interview with Nina Boyce, who is a natural health coach, um, all about periods and how we can work with our natural cycles um, on gut health, self-compassion, spirituality, and how creativity relates to our purpose and much more. We had a really cool conversation with her that we recorded a few weeks ago that we're excited to share with you all. So please tune in next week and also subscribe so you will not miss it. Thank you to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, for editing our audio and to him and Martha Barnard for their help with our music. We will talk to you next week, creative souls. And in the meantime, never wear boring socks.